are listening to Loud on the Set with Kyle and James. A level-headed movie critic meets a loudmouth movie cynic. And action! All right, welcome back to the show. My name is Kyle. This is James. And today, James, what are we doing? Captain Fantastic! The latest Marvel movie, Captain Fantastic... Tells the story of a superhero sent from space to defeat a space god... Wow. ...who sends his army full of insects to... Wait a second. No way, Kyle. We are doing in a very tasteful, low-budget, limited-release, well-done film called Captain Fantastic... And I can't Viggo. think of a movie that would hate the idea of being compared to a Marvel movie more than Captain Fantastic, honestly. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you're absolutely right because it is the antithesis of big budget blockbuster special effects mm-hmm. just overwhelming your senses. And the message, the, uh, the main themes of the film being very anti-capitalist and establishment and uh, yeah. Yeah, so Captain Fantastic, or as some of my friends have called it, How James is Going to Raise His Kids, <laughs> uh, right up my alley. What a great movie. Um, Kyle, let's do opening thoughts. Yeah, I loved this movie. I thought it was really well done. There are parts that were slow, but mm-hmm. that's okay. It was supposed to be slow. It was a character-driven narrative about parenting, and specifically non-traditional parenting and what that means for society moving forward who is in charge who's responsible what do we allow anybody to do with their lives and i thought that that was they brought up a lot of really interesting and uh great discussion about that yeah it's a fairly straightforward narrative uh with really interesting set pieces and dialogue and moments peppered throughout to keep you engaged and to stimulate thought and to question the establishment, like you say. Some of it a little bit on the nose and delivered in a very direct, frank manner, but all in all, very engaging and much more thought-provoking than your typical Hollywood piece-of-shit blockbuster. Absolutely. Yeah. So this was a very low-budget limited release film like you mentioned mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people that saw this but uh, it got generally great reviews and especially Viggo Mortensen's performance was uh, seen by quite many people as being one of the best of his career oh yeah I would agree with that he's a spectacular actor um, I would say that a flaw in the movie is having a perhaps a few too many kids you know mm. <laughs> some of them definitely could have been combined into one in fact a couple I could think of two right off the bat like the two elder girls could have easily just been one mm-hmm. like the same character and the two not super youngest kids but the two there's six of them in total yeah uh, so <clears throat> with six kids almost none of them get really deep explorations uh, save for especially the two oldest boys you know mm-hmm. you could have you could have just had a few of them there sort of just unnecessary like features on the screen at some at certain points, you know. Yeah, so. it was expansive for sure. Yeah, and whenever there's that many characters and you're trying to understand and care about the connections between them all, that can be challenging. Man, I wonder what it's like to have six kids in real life. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that must well, be hard. <laughs> hey, just come visit my family sometime. Anyway, 
Um, I made the joke earlier, and you talked about um, raising a family in, un- in non-traditional ways, and I made the joke about how it's going to be a manual for child rearing in my case. Uh, but there's also another theme in the movie, Kyle, mm-hmm. and that is the treatment of mental illness. Yes. And the reason I bring this up is because I told the honey baby after I watched this, I said, you've got to watch this movie because I, being the skeptical person that I am, and knowing quite a few people in this world who who are you know facing some challenges, I often wonder, would removal from the toxic society help? And I've said this a lot because as listeners know, I did the Peace Corps in Ecuador. I've lived in remote places and I've helped manage nature reserves and things like that. And sometimes I wonder, would simple removal of the person suffering from some sort of mental disorder and put in a slower paced, removed from the hectic breakneck patterns of society, would they thrive or would they recover with nothing but the the slow intentional pace of nature and the minimalist approach to living that that would sort of dictate for you? Would that help? Would it help clear out some of the the clutter and the confusion going on? I don't know, but this movie actually suggests that no, you know? Mm-hmm. The society at large or the establishment, especially the the capitalist cons- hyper-consumer-based society isn't always to blame. Sometimes people have really serious, challenging problems and you can't just scapegoat the society that exists around you. It's A lot of it's internal. Absolutely. No, and wasn't, wasn't it heartbreaking for Vigo to learn that lesson that mm-hmm. he, the, the idea, the plan that they had, what we're doing here is so wonderful. You know, he would have flashbacks of his wife saying that, like mm-hmm. this experiment that we're trying is so wonderful. Well, it in her case, it didn't work out. No, it did not. It did because, not. For the course, kids, sure. And for Vigo, personally satisfying, yes, on many levels. But for her, not at all. Not at all. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because it, of course, brings up a lot of tension about relationships and, yes. you know, compromise in living and mm-hmm. taking care of your kids and decision-making and everything. But the fact that, you know... She was clearly troubled and then eventually commits suicide yes. was enough to, uh, I guess, suggest to him that he might need to do a little work on his own in terms of figuring out what uh, what the implications are of the lifestyle that he was choosing to lead. Yeah, I think you, you just said it really well. The compromises involved in not just a relationship, but relationship uh, with children involved mm-hmm. because... If you pay attention to the movie, you'll see that they started out probably as um, existing in modern society and then eschewing it for a rustic farm existence. They, they, they established that they had a farm at one point, mm-hmm. but then they even flee the farm and they yeah. go deeper in. So the pendulum, or if you will, the gradient of survival that they lived on swung all the way over to super minimalist, back to nature, yada, yada. And by the end of the movie whether through small symbolic acts such as him shaving, right. right? Or the moving back to the farm. It's like they realize a little bit of compromise would have been perhaps a better approach. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, sometimes, you know, like I, I in the movie it works. Like sometimes I'm not willing to compromise on certain fucking things. Like I don't think there's you know, like some things are just straight up I'll never compromise. Like, yeah, war. Like, you know, just a little bit of war is okay. <laughs> You know, like, it's okay, like, you know, everything in moderation, even rape, right? Like, so even that phrase, in this movie it works, but I tend to not live my life by that stupid fucking cliche. Yeah. Um, 
But in this case, it showed that, yeah, the kids were yearning for a little bit more curiosity mm-hmm. about the world around them. They'll still be okay. They're still incredibly fit and still mm-hmm. incredibly educated. They're, they're just going to integrate a little bit more into society, and they'll see it firsthand. Yeah, and it, Not bad. And yeah. it begs the option that they can kind of find their own path, yes. and they don't have to live necessarily by his specific game plan that he wants for his life. Which I think then became kind of a greater overarching point of who's responsible for who. And specifically with children involved, is the parent the sole proprietor of those children and the decision making decision maker for them? And it's compared with the fact that, well, would other people think that whatever you agree with is something that would be putting these children in danger or something that would not be helping them develop properly but by whose system are we talking about and brought up all sorts of uh of really great questions like that and even um his wife's uh his wife's after death plans you know she wanted something else than he necessarily wanted for her after she dies and her father gets extremely upset with him and they have their you know exchanges and things like that so um who who and how you compromise and control or make decisions for others and can we yeah and who should be it's really interesting all right i love this movie and is um like i mentioned earlier i love the the straight uh, simple story being told of uh, of a man living out in the woods and they experience a loss in the family and how are they going to at least temporarily or perhaps for the long term reintegrate into society to recognize that loss and celebrate the life, uh, the life of the lost wife and lost mother and how do they deal with that conflict with society that awaits them. Mm-hmm. Great story. But here's a couple of moments I wanted to point out, Cal, because I love the individual moments. Like I said, it's punctuated by great dialogue at times and great scenes. So here's a few for your consideration. When they get back into the world, they, they find themselves at some rest stop for a second. And uh, one of the kids is like, what's wrong with everybody? And someone goes, what do you mean? And the little kid goes, they're all fat, you know? <laughs> no, seriously, look around. Everybody's so fat. And one of the other uh, siblings chides them and says, hey, stop it. Don't make fun of people. That's one of our rules. We don't make fun of people. Right, Dad? And Dad's like, yeah, right. And they look at those, well, except Christians. <laughs> so that was just thrown in there. But she says, they're all fat, like hippos. You know, and they're scanning around the room. And sure enough, there's overweight people everywhere. They stop at a, at a diner, and the dad marches them right out of there. He goes, there's no real food in here. Because they're looking at the menu. Mm-hmm. Dad, we want hot dogs. Dad, we want french fries. Dad. And we get the first hint of the dad perhaps being a little too protective of them. Because he forces them all, close up their menus, and march right out of there. And he mm-hmm. says simply... There's no food on this menu. Yeah. And I was like, to your average viewer that's like, oh, he's being too harsh to me. I was like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful, you know? Um, so there you go. Instead of celebrating Christmas, they celebrate Noam Chomsky Day. Oh, uh-huh. you know yeah, Noam Chomsky. And the dad does allow his children in a very progressive, very open-minded way to state their cases and argue because they're all celebrating Noam Chomsky Day and the sort of disgruntled... Um, approximately 12 year old son is like why can't we just celebrate Christmas like the rest of the world you know he mm-hmm. stuns everybody Yeah. and the dad goes 
If you would rather celebrate the fictitious arrival of an elf wearing a fuzzy suit that flies miraculously around the world, I'm paraphrasing, right? Delivering presents <laughs> or the actual accomplishments of a real living human being, a humanitarian, then state your case. And, you know, make your points and we'll see if everybody agrees with you or not. Mm-hmm. And the kid, of course, knows, like, fuck, I have no argument. You know, like, mm-hmm. I have no case. He storms away. But, yeah, they celebrate Noam Chomsky Day. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, I love that part. I love the juxtaposition of... Vigo's family with the uh, aunts and uncles that they go to visit and stay mm-hmm. with. Do you remember that? The kids are fucking morons. <laughs> All they know is video games and their stupid, sarcastic way of living. While Vigo's kids are geniuses, you mm-hmm. know, quoting the, the the Constitution and and constitutional law, where their kids are like, "Oh, I think it was this." Dirt. You know, like <laughs> total. So I love every scene with them because. Do you remember they're at the dinner table and one of the kids is like, "Hey, Dad, what's that?" And the dad goes, "It's wine." Oh, can we try some? And the, the parents are like, no, children do not drink wine in this house. And Vig goes, it's very common for children all around the world to drink wine. I don't see the big deal. And he goes to reach for it, and they're like, no, because they feel like they're protecting the kids. And Vigo has the right. exact opposite take on things. Mm-hmm. You're not protecting them. You're lying to them. Mm-hmm. What do, you, do you think? What are your thoughts about all that stuff? I, I absolutely, loved all those I scenes. absolutely agree. And I think, too, I think they they stressed and they they really tried to make that the – the conflict and they kept it at the forefront of yep. each scene but it was natural and it was inclusive of of all the different characters that were involved so even you know it, should he have been responsible or or made decisions or taken care of his wife that had mental illness more than he did or should he have been hands off about that and let mm. you know and let her make those capable decision for herself or was that not possible and with the kids as well you know he's gonna let them do what he feels like in his worldview is the most appropriate thing in all of those different situations and conditions and then they're gonna put it up against the you know social backdrop that made it stand out so well so it would be easy in another film to just kind of talk about those aspects but the like you said the simplicity of the narrative and sticking with that group of people and following them through the different settings that they live in and the different trials that they undergo mm-hmm. as individuals um, stated their case in a very appropriate manner that could put you on board with a lot of the things that he was saying. Yeah, so. I, I yeah, it's it's very well delivered and very clear. And like you said, you could you find yourself like, yeah, good point, pretty mm-hmm. good parenting advice. He doesn't shelter his kids from cursing. He just they're just words, you know. Curse in front of each other. They say fucking shit and all that stuff. Like right in front of the one of the little kids wants to know when they're discussing a, a, a piece of literature, the word rape comes up. And the very youngest child in the family, Dad, what's rape? And instead of, oh, that's a bad thing, like how imagine a modern parent describing rapes like a four year old. Mm-hmm. Instead, Viggo's like, rape is the you know, he explains it fully. Usually mm-hmm. a man forcing himself upon a woman in an act of sexual aggression, blah, blah, blah. What's sex? And again, oh, sex is things that adults <laughs> do. Like all these childish, stupid yeah. ways that we've that we've uh, mangled our own language and our ability to explain things. He just goes straight for it. You know? mm-hmm. It's when a man sticks his, his penis into a woman's vagina. Again, it's like a small, obviously fictional take on what if we just told the truth and what if we just raised our kids without the masquerading of our fucking modern society you know 
would be fascinating. They were raising literal children. Like he's Vigo's raising adults. You know, mm-hmm. raising adults. So anyway, all that stuff is really great. Um, there's a part of the movie, Kyle, where um, again, just before he describes the rape, one of the young girls is dis- is telling Vigo the book that she's reading. He's oh, you've moved on to another book, right? She says yeah, and he goes, what do you think of the book? He's encouraging discussion. She goes, it's um, interesting. Ding, ding, ding. Everybody reacts because they go, uh-oh, she just used the word interesting. And in, in their little family, in their world, interesting is a non-word. Mm. And as soon as I saw that, I thought of you, Kyle. Because in their family, they've outlawed the use of the word interesting. Because what you really mean to say is something's about to follow. Like, you have to explain why. Why is it interesting? You know, like, and so she's forced <clears throat> to say, well... It's because there's violence in it and there's uncomfortable sexual innuendo where a man and an underage girl and stuff. So interesting is just a filler word. Mm-hmm. And yet we use it all the time. That's interesting. Ha! Anyway, so yeah. Whoa. Were you expecting somebody? I was not. Oh my goodness. Okay. Who we were at the studio today? Uh, no, it's fine. We'll just all right. We'll it, cut it if it's... It appears we have a visitor <clears> to <throat> the studio. I could use okay. some more M&Ms too. No way. <laughs> well, look at this. Hello, Kyle and James. Um, listeners hey, out there, how you doing? we have a very special guest joining us at the Loud on the Set studio. Very special. Yeah, yes, the one and only George Brisk is here of Inside the Podcaster Studio. How- oh, stop it. You're plugging my program <laughs> far too much already. Plugging. Well, you... You had us on uh, on your show twice, and both times it was very oh, interesting. I, um, I don't know if I want to say, I'll sit over there, James. It's okay. Yeah, get your hand off my. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, George, um, it's what what brings you into the the studio here today? I want to discuss movies with you, fine fellows. I was hoping you were onto a very tasteful subject. Oh, okay. Well, it turns out we're we're actually talking about Captain Fantastic. George, have you seen it? Captain Fantastic, Kyle. Yeah, have you have you've seen the film then? Numerous times. And what were your what were your thoughts? Vigo, Vigo, Kyle and James, a titillating performance by the one Vigo. Hey, oh, he so- was nominated for a lot of awards for that performance. Yeah, I thought he should have won actually. Oh, but yes, forget the awards, forget the accolades. I'm here to talk about specific scenes. Oh, what was your favorite scene? What did you like the best? Yeah, because I just got finished talking about when they're in the, they're driving their trailer. Oh yes, the trailer. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes is in fact right at the trailer entrance. Oh, don't tell me you're gonna. T- yes. Oh no. <clears throat> yes. Do you recall Kyle and James, when Vigo was parked at that trailer park for a night or two? Yes, with the family and the girl that wants to hook up with the. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, enough about the rest. But Vigo standing there. Yes, he was standing there. Mm-hmm. In all of his glory. What are you trying to say, George? A movie unafraid of male full frontal nudity, Kyle and James. Oh, you know, sometimes with this George Brisk, he just can't help himself, can he, Kyle? I don't know. Oh, but still, the moment, the moment when he says, it's just a penis, we've all got one. Mm-hmm. Is he not speaking the truth, Kyle? Well, I mean, he's speaking the truth for... People that have penises, sure. Yeah, and it yeah it, it makes a point, and the old people walking by, he's trying to, 
say that they shouldn't be horrified. We get it, George. We understand the whole... No, 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 I don't think you do. He's standing there, coffee mug in hand, for all the world to see. Oh, how I wish I had the freedom to do that. Uh, well... May I do it right now in the studio? No. Nope, thank Actually, you. George, uh, this is a place where we'll, we'll keep our clothes on, but we understand the, the significance of that scene. It was... It was important, and I'm glad that it you... It didn't even matter that he was flaccid! Okay, well... Kyle, can we We can you are take home? out of time oh, here today. Oh, how I today. wish it wasn't the case. Uh, yes, unfortunately, George, it is the case, but thank you for... A little bit more excitement from him would have made me more excited. Okay, thanks for stopping by, George. This has I'll been... see him out, Loud on the set. I remember, you still owe me money, George. James. Yes, uh, thank you, George. No, please, please... Please, Come back to my studio. Please check soon. us out anywhere you can find podcasts, YouTube, iTunes, a lot of set with Kyle over. and James. Send us some mail. Uh, yeah, yeah. No. Let us know if you uh, listen to George Brisk's God, Inside the Podcaster's Studio. Uh, don't answer it. It's fine. In. I know. Just don't answer it. Um, oh, you want to stamp a grade on it? I'll give it a... B please, plus. Kyle. Oh, jeez. Please, James. <clears throat> You're all I have. I'll go B plus. Thought wow. it was good. Jeez, I, I go. Yep, B plus as well. I um, again, there's there's a couple of things I would have changed about it, uh, particularly the number of characters and stuff like that. But uh, B plus, I highly recommend everybody go see it. Uh, yeah, check it out. Um, this has been Loud on Set with Kyle and James. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, go out and see some good movies. And George, please. And George. Uh, go out and see some good movies. Have a wonderful time. Uh, and enjoy. See you later. And cut.